tuned in to Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America, hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People, get ready. ready, ready. Progressive Action is now live. Whoa, Progressive Action is back after a crazy week last week, man. We had uh, former TW Local 100 President Roger Toussaint, and we have Steve Downs here. It was a crazy show, right, cuz? Oh, yes, definitely. Cra- real crazy, you know? I mean, like, um, you know, a lot of things was, was revealed. Um, John Samuelson makes $270,000 working part-time. We got to give him a big round of applause oh, yeah, for that. Yeah, definitely. Got to give him his props on that. Big know? round of applause for that, man. You know, this I, is still America, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, how much the um, full-time position make if the part-time position make 270000 Wow, full-time position probably makes almost as much as the president of the United States, right? I mean, he, he is, though. Oh, that's the he's a vice president yeah, of he, the international, right? Yes, he's the executive, excuse me, executive vice president oh, man. of oh, the international. Man. $270,000 for a part-time position. Yeah. I got to give him another round of applause for that because that's kind of amazing. <laughs> Very amazing. <laughs> Yo, cuz, you know what we need to do? We got to get into the union. Yeah, definitely. Or oh, I need to become a Republican. That's what I need to do. Nah, we just need to get into the union. We'll make more than the President of the United States. We could just make, you know, trips to Washington, act like we care. Don't show up to nobody events except the, um, African-American events. Right. That's it. Don't show up to nobody else's events. <laughs> you know, it'd be family emergencies all day. Of course. Family <laughs> reunions every day. You, you know, know then we tell stories how we used to chase people out of the best star neighborhoods. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing this guy do, you know? But look, today, uh, today, is, today is an important show. And the reason why I say it's important is because I remember what, what got me involved to get this, to start the show um, and to even get involved in a union when... Um, uh, Transport Workers United was doing a shop gate at Stillwell, and I brung up the question about education, and boy, did they jump down my throat. I it's can't like, even imagine. It's like, it's like I mean, you've seen it in the groups, because at one time, I mentioned education. It's like, hey, hey, you know, we, you don't need education to be whatever down here, and I'm like, what, what are you talking about? What kind of caveman mentality is you is you talking about? So I had to, I had to, invite my my friend he's my friend i knew him for over 10 years and 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 i'm gonna let him tell you who he is and he can explain it better than than i can what's going on bro what up man what up let the people know who you are i'm 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 nobody and everybody at the same time (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying my name is uh i'm going by the name of mo oliver right now um you know we we i know you from where the school. The school, yeah. We we worked at a the same school. Uh that's what. What year was that? I don't even remember the year. That's I started in I started in two thousand three. <clears throat> two thousand three, all right. Wow. I mean so I'm fifteen I'm eighteen years in the education system right now. You know what I mean? And um I started off as a school aide and then from a school aide. I gotta tell a story. This is this is an interesting story. Yeah, we got story. time. Tell Definitely. a story. Yeah, tell your this story. This is an interesting story. story. So you know, I just graduated from uh, I graduated from Queensboro Community College. You know, young. 
I ain't had no job. My aunt, she knew that I was broke, and she said, look, come, come to my school and, uh, and interview for a school aid position. So I got there. You know, my first time, I, I, never, I didn't even consider becoming a teacher. I was just like, I needed some bread, some money to get myself through from week to week. So I went there, sat there, interview, and I'm sitting in the principal's office or at the, uh, in the main office, and this is actually in Bed-Stuy on Gates Avenue, 800 Gates Avenue. Uh, it was 324. Um, you know that school, right? Yeah, yeah. So, boom, sitting there, and uh, the school was crazy. I sat, and she had me waiting for about th two hours, the principal. And um, I saw the truant officers. I saw the fire department. I saw the police department. I saw the ambulance come into that school in the two hours that I sat there, and I was like, wow, um, do I really want this job? You know what I mean? And long story short, she gave me the job, and I realized that, all right, I'm working in a school. I didn't like it. It was rough. The kids was rough. Uh, the teachers worked hard, but, you know, at some point, it was rough for them, too. So at, at the end of summer of that first year, when I was walking out the building, I was stressing because I'm like, all right, I, I worked this. I started in March, and it's, it's the end, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about what am I going to do for the rest of the summer? So as I'm walking out the door, somebody says to me, did you get your checks? And I said, my checks? Yeah, yeah, your summer checks. <laughs> I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You mean you guys are going to give me checks till I come back to work next school year? She's like, yeah, you're going to get your summer checks. So that was a great epiphany for me right there. Like, wow, oh, snap. Um, you're going to pay me to sit throughout the summer until next year. So at that very moment, I realized I have a future here. So basically, basically what he's saying is that they get paid for the summer and don't have to work. Shout out to all the teachers in New York City. No doubt. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful job. But it's, it's a beautiful job. I think, I think Samuelson took a page from that, right? Like, nah, 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 he didn't nah, take nah. a page from that. He, listen, the, teacher, the teachers only get two months off. Yeah. That, that, that man. For what, that you man. Got, for what you guys are telling me, he, he, he gets 180 days off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. so he didn't take a page from the teachers at all. But um, mm -hmm. nonetheless, you know, I got the job and, and I, actually I worked my way up. So I was a school aide and I became a para from a para. I became a teacher. And at the present moment, I'm actually I'm actually a lead teacher right now. So, OK, what do you have your degrees in? Uh, so I have a liberal arts degree uh, I have a, a history, a history degree, a bachelor's in history. Uh, I also have a ma uh, ma master's in science. In, in uh, instructional technology, and I have a certificate for um, school building and district leadership. So basically, you could be like a, a what's that superintendent or yeah. something like that, right? Eventually, yeah, I could be like a superintendent, principal superintendent, uh, you know, all of those big things. All right. How how important is is education right now, as far especially of uh, people of color or, or people in general? How important is education at this time? point in life I mean for me education well well when we talk about education it's very for me there are two types of education there, there's a there's collegiate education 
right? And then there's um, self-empowerment, which is also education. Okay. So I think, you know, and, and you guys can argue with me. Uh, I, I don't claim to know it all, but I'm just going to expound my own opinion about things. I think that education is absolutely important. However, as we progress in this world, I, I, I question how important collegiate education is. I mean, as a po it's important to, to have name recognition, to have, uh, you know, credentials to say that you, you went through an experience that says you can do something. But I think as time progresses, um, self-empowerment becomes more important. And, and what does self-empowerment consist of exactly? <clears throat> self-empowerment consists of you having the ability to, that you know something. You took the time to investigate, to learn yourself, to learn what you are good at and become a master at it. That's self-empowerment, to become confident in, in what you think you can do, you know, to the point where you know you can do it. Um, you know, because there are a lot of people out here who, who go through the collegiate experience and they are not masters of anything and they aren't, aren't capable of doing much. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they create blunders in the world, you know, and I see, I see a lot of it, you know, in the, in the education system, I see a lot of folks who have degrees behind their names and they aren't capable of doing much, especially when it comes to dealing with kids. They can't. Yeah. unable to really teach kids because they are they don't have self-confidence even in what they claim to have earned in the collegiate uh, arena you know what i mean yeah you know and <coughs> I, I agree with you on that but you know with, with self-empowerment some people think that going online mm -hmm. googling mm -hmm. going to wikipedia is self-empowerment well i mean it, it depends it depends on what it, it depends on what you're trying to be good at i mean if you want to be a doctor and you <laughs> You know, you're trying to do Wikipedia, you know, you're going to lose. Um, however, if you want to become, if you want to learn web design, you know, Google might help you. No, no, nothing wrong with Google. Yeah. But I call them Wikipedia warriors. Yeah. Wik Wik Wikipedia isn't a valid source. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Now, I mean, now there's some true informa information in Wikipedia. But, you know, these people, they probably listen to now be like, yeah, I'm self-empowered. I go online and I and I go to Wikipedia, but that's not real research. I mean, it's not. It's look. I'll say this: it's a start. It's a start, <laughs> but it shouldn't be the end. It's right. definitely not the end. Because because you know, what 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 you don't what what you do get from Wikipedia is you get people because you know a lot of people can update Wikipedia and what you what you get along with that information is some of the sources that they're using. So if you take it a step further and you go ahead and, and, and research those sources, then, you know, you're on to something. Because, you know, I, I, when I be debating inside the groups and people post up information, you see Wikipedia on top. Yeah, see, see, see that, that's, yeah. where, that's where you fail. <laughs> and I, I call them Wikipedia warriors. Yeah. Wikipedia scholars, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, I definitely say that, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with Google and there's nothing yeah. wrong with the Internet. But... What should um, there's also nothing like old fashioned researching and going to the library and referencing books and referencing literature on these things because, um, you know, at the end of the day, what we look up on Google and what we look up on the internet has to be put there. True. Now, you're right, and also what you find in books had to be put there, also. You're right. So, so. And, <laughs> So, so you know, at the end of the day, and, and which you know, and I learned this. I learned this in in, in uh, 
you know, during my undergrad that, you know, I, I did a lot of research, read a lot of books. Some of these books was written by the professors that were teaching me. And, and it hit me like, look, you know, we, we hold these books to be truth, you know, the, all, the end all be all. These are the answers. But at the end of the day, look, black folks been lied to all these years. Right. And white folks been writing these books. Exactly. So yeah. at the end of the day, the books are the, were the old school Wikipedias as far as I'm concerned. Because you can get somebody to write a book and quote a source. And, and, and these folks are so, you know, writers are, are skillful individuals. And, and, and the laws and the mechanics behind writing is very skillful. Because you could take something and make it, take someone's opinion and make it fact. You know, you can, you can go to, uh, you know, if I say uh, blue is my favorite color. You know, all I have to do to make that fact is to say, according to a source, blue is his favorite color. Or according to Mo Oliver, blue is his favorite color. That statement is, in fact, a fact. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's my opinion, but it's stated as a fact. Yeah. So a lot of times, writers are so skillful that they are able to take someone's opinion and, and make it so convoluted that it, it, it regurgitates as fact when it's really someone's opinion. So you have to be very critical in thought when you even read books to understand, well, all right, he got this from someone and he's interpreting it, you know, according to what, according to the opinion he's trying to sell or that's, she's trying to sell. That's right, because that's just like um, all the rest of these things were written by a man, the Bible. Mm hmm. Um, our collective bargaining agreements. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yo, how how he go from the Bible? Like, what, what kind of jump is that? No, but no, but that yo, that's 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 not even a joke. Because, a joke. No, I said what, what kind of jump that was. Like he should he should have went from the Bible to the Constitution. The Constitution, said, of course. No, but but you're right because right. folks they, they they hold up the these contracts that they write as. You know, you said you guys were saying that uh, last week when Tucson was here. How, you know, I, I forgot who said it. I believe it was Tucson who said that the contract, or so, I don't remember who said. It. Let, me, let me not misquote, but someone said that the contract is they go back to they refer back to the contract when there's some sort of uh, obscurity in arbitrators. In, right. So they refer to the contract refer, as as the truth. The contract right. is law. So the contract is law. It's so, law, right? So they just refer, just like they, the Bible. Right. They yeah. refer to it. That's why it has to be. It's it's very imperative that it's written a certain way to favor the worker, so that it can be interpreted by the arbitrators, you know, in order for it to favor the worker. But just also like the Constitution is written by man, and um, it's a whole lot of references that that, that we go off, and these laws mm -hmm. are written by an individual. All the, the crime bill, the um, everything you can think of is written by man. Right. You know. Oh. So yeah. 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 <laughs> so, like I said, um, basically we're going off of somebody's personal ideology at the end of the day. What someone believes. What this, somebody believes. This whole world is based on a man's belief. Right. Every single thing, that's, every, the, everything that we hold to be important to us is, was really started off as an opinion. That's right. And then it became one man's or the, a whole group of people's truth. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Now, it, he brought up the crime bill. And you know what's going on with you know Hillary, Bernie Sanders, Trump. What is yeah. your thoughts on on the, the current <laughs> political scene? I know that's dear dear to you. That's why I say crime. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a that's a big that's a big question. I, uh, first of all, let me just start by saying you know I vote not to vote. So, explain what that means. Well, um, that means that my vote is to. I, I believe that. 
we all we all complain from year to year, from president to president, even even during Obama's presidency. <clears throat> you know, folks got gripes. You know, the the economic conditions are still what they were in previous years. Folks are still not working. The you know, um, folks are still losing their homes. Um, and folk, you know, Obama did what he did. I'm 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 I am an advocate for Obama. I, I support the brother. Um, I voted for him. But I believe, and I got this from, you know, I didn't invent this. I got this from Lupe Fiasco, that if everyone got together and say, look, we're not voting, I believe that speaks more powerful than the actual ballot that you're going to, uh, you know. Uh, cast. Cast, right. So for me, I'm just using my, my ability to vote. I choose not to vote because I believe that we need a better system. So I'm abstaining. Abstaining from voting. From voting. Now, and, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll say this, you know, as I'm living, because I'm a teacher, but let me say first, I'm a learner. So I like to say every time I get new information, excuse me, I reassess some of the, the opinions or the beliefs that I have. So I will say that one of the things that I'm in my, uh, as, I, as I abstain from voting, one of the things that I plan on doing is, is looking at the mechanics of the local elections to see how they work and to see how how effective my vote will be if I use that vote for the local elections. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, how do you feel about Trump, honestly? <clears throat> Trump could be the savior for all black folks, man. Uh, and you know what's crazy? <laughs> he laughing, but it, it, it's a true statement. Trump could be the savior it's, for it's, it's all, a true statement for the black community and, and you know, Honestly, like I said, I'm abstaining from voting, but if you put a gun to my head and said that I had to cast my ballot, I would cast it for Trump. And that's real talk. And why, why would you, what, what you mean that he'll be the savior for all Because, um, black you know, his, his, his rhetoric is completely against, is against every other culture that's not uh, mainstream white America, right? Mm -hmm. So let's not be confused. I, I don't think that he, he's for any other people, but those that's like him. However, every, every leader that has passed, you know, so actually, let me, let me say this. The world is living in a fog. We're all living with a veil on our faces. We all live, you know, we all pretend as though we're doing well. You know, you look at our Instagram and our Facebook, we put up the best pictures. So when you look around and you, you look at people's lives, you look into people's lives, you get this idea that everyone's happy. You know, but they're not. You know, I've seen pe I see people who have fabulous Instagram photos, but when you look at them personally, you go visit them, you see the level of poverty that they're living in. Mental poverty, financial poverty, emotional poverty. They're living in that. And that's been going on for years. That's been going since the 80s. You could talk about it, 90s. You know, folks have been living that way for years. However, the only time that I remember when the black community was united for causes was, was when white America was loud about their disdain for us. You know, you, had your, you have people like your Marcus Garvey's, your Martin Luther King's, your, your Malcolm X. During that era, white folks were loud. They were, that's when America was great. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and you right? know what's crazy? They produced more leaders during that time exactly. also. So, so my opinion is that under Trump, America will be great again. They will be loud again. They will be... You know, they won't be quiet about their disdain, about their hatred for other groups. 
that will then wake people up out of their slumber. They will take off the veil and realize, oh, shit. Then my neighbor will become my friend again, will become my, you know, my confidant, would be the person that I lean on. I lean on. So <clears throat> things that, that um, Martin Luther King was trying to do back in those days by, like, you know, galvanizing the people to pour their money into a specific agenda, then we'll start doing that again. Then, you know, Instagram will be more uh, focused on what's really happening in our lives. You know what I'm saying? Like, folks wouldn't be focused on the, 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 the glamour, you know, Families will be families again. Exactly. Families, not even families. I think neighbors will be neighbors again. Well, neighbors and families. You know what I'm saying? Because basically a lot of policies over the last 40 years has basically been put out there to break up the black family. Definitely. Definitely. And, 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 you know, people, like like right now, we we live, we're numb. You know, you got Hillary Clinton out there and, and, you know, she's... In 94, she was an advocate for this crime bill, right? That, you know, that to me, it's crazy. A major advocate. What? But why is the advocate more important than the person who actually said yes to it? I don't, I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think that that's true. I I think that they're equally liable. I think they're equally liable. So, so, but, but here's the thing, here's the thing with that crime bill that maybe, maybe this will answer that. There was a, and I can't remember the report, but there was a report that came out, that came out in error, and, and I'm, I'm sorry I don't have the report. I should have, I should know it, but this report kind of, it's the report that all of the politicians read, that made them come to this conclusion that in the '90s, there was a huge problem with the young, with the young, uh, with the youth that led to Hillary calling them super predators, right? There's another uh, article that's called the Retro Report that did a, uh, a back study on, on that article and found that that report was wrong. In fact, one of the, uh, one of the um, I don't know if he was the initiators, but uh, one of the lead persons in that report came out later and was like, yeah, he was absolutely wrong and that there wasn't a, a rise in crime. So all of the people that voted for the crime bill voted for the, I'm believing, I could be wrong, voted for the crime bill with wrong information, with incorrect information. Because our politicians, they don't live on the ground with us. They live in these lofty high places and they receive information from other people below them that they hold to be truths. You know, going back to (coughs) affecting what they believe. You you understand what I'm saying? So unfortunately, this is the world that we live in. You know, we don't live in a world where people that live on the ground and understand what the community is dealing with is at that level to make those to make laws and make those decisions. We depend on people who, you know, at the end of the day, these young individuals who who are writing these reports, they're trying to make a name for themselves too. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, this is what happens when those folks who, they vote for these bills, these types of uh, these law, they vote to, for these bills to become law, based on information that they thought was factual that wasn't factual, and then they all. A part of it also is they vote on these laws and even draft these laws based on family. If something if something happens to a family member, it is, or if something you know if something hits them home at home personally, yeah, yeah. then they go home and they draft up they a, make law. a law like that's going to affect everybody. Yeah, yeah, like Vision Zero, because basically you had in New York City you have people on the city council that you know I believe. 
for, for, you know, from what I understand, it hit home with them where family, family or friends were getting hit in the, in the, in the crosswalk by, you know, vehicles. So right. now you draft up something that's going to affect everybody. Yep. And, and normally that's, a, that's that law. That person is a white person. Right. Some white family, like, you know, there's the, I think, the Amber Alert, right? Right. This term called the Amber Alert. People was getting raped for years. Right. And then as soon as it happened to that little girl, which which was definitely wrong. It was wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Which which is highlighting the fact that it it has been going on before and nothing happened. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, again, these politicians, they don't live on the ground with us. You know. Right. So you, you mentioned something about, you know, Trump. He would basically unveil unveil us so in contrast what will bernie sanders do bernie sanders (laughs) i don't think bernie's i I don't know i I believe bernie sanders you know somewhere in in his chest cavity there's a heart for for black folks i think you know (laughs) and for all people you know however the problem the problem the good (laughs) the good about bernie sanders is his heart and the, the bad part about Bernie Sanders, and this might just be wrong, is that how long will his heart beat? <laughs> I, mean, that's a, I mean, that's a joke that a lot of people right, tell right, about right. him, you know? I mean, but it's legit. But, yeah, but, yeah. but even more, more importantly, I feel like, you know, Bernie Sanders, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not a political expert. This is merely my opinion. You know, Bernie Sanders was once an independent and became a Democrat. Now right. he is socialist, right. whatever that is. So, you know, and, and I, I don't even hold truth to, to, to parties, but to party divisions and all that. I, I, don't, I don't know that I believe in all of that. But, but what that does show is that, all right, so you, you, you jump the ticket to become a Democrat, which means those folks in the Senate and in the House who've been Democrats from day one, they don't really respect you because you're like a newcomer. As far as they're concerned, you jumped the you jumped the aisle or you left the middle of the aisle, mm-hmm. you know, to join the Democratic Party because you wanted to gain something, and you knew you couldn't gain it. You couldn't get it as uh, as an independent. So, what that would translate into if he became president would be the same thing that's kind of happening with President Obama, where uh, no one they're not they're making it difficult for him to pass any important laws because they just don't respect you. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. I, don't, I, I think Bernie Sanders, unfortunately, would make an attempt to do good but will fail at it because he doesn't have the respect of those who he, who, who he need. So do you think Trump, Trump would get it done? Absolutely. Definitely. Because <laughs> they they, the, the problem is people don't like Trump, but they respect him. You know, and you know it's crazy with Trump. People think that he's crazy. Trump ain't winning because he's exciting. Trump winning because that this is on the mind with a lot of white America. I mean, and and also because I think Trump can get it. Trump is a he's a businessman <clears throat> at the end of the day. And and America, the country itself is one huge corporation. Right? It's one huge corporation and he has shown that he has the ability to, to make money. So I feel like He's respected for that because at the end of the day, there's, you know, money talks. Let me tell you something. Bloomberg is a money man, too, and got more money than Trump. 
I don't want to see a businessman in the office. <laughs> that's yeah. why. Look, look. That's, look. A, that's why things is like so expensive right now in Brooklyn. I we, mean, do, you, look. You can't right. ask me about what I want. I mean, I don't want Trump to win. I don't. I don't want Hillary to win. Yeah, I, I do agree with you but that it, Trump will draw the line in the sand and say, "Look, we ain't messing with y'all." So loudly. y'all got. So so y'all got to get it together loudly. We we gonna be forced to, and sometimes that's yeah. what you got to do. You got to push people back against the wall because the only thing Bernie Sanders is going to do is make us comfortable like we made it again. And we already comfortable. We too comfortable. Too we already comfortable. comfortable. Yeah. You know, um, we was comfortable under Clinton while all of our black men was. was and we was getting fooled because going straight into jail. To we be got honest fooled because you, he played a saxophone. Yeah. Right? yeah and, and, and he got head at work. <laughs> For real. Well, well, I got to say this. And he Tr- smoked some weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clinton. And, and I learned this recently that Clinton also. What he did that was good, that was that was uh, um, innovative in his time, was that he was the first. And, and somebody could correct me if I'm wrong. At some time, you'll send me a text message or uh, write me a comment that Clinton was the first president that actually went into the black community and said, "Yo, I want your vote. With your vote, I could win." And I think that that's part of the respect that black folks have for him. That you know, when, while all the other presidents were ignoring the black community, Clinton went in, and he he campaigned to the black folks. You know what I'm saying? And once you and, and one thing about us is that we welcome everybody into our home, our homes. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you come in and you 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 pretend even you even pretend that you want to show us love. We'll show you back love. So I feel like you know part of so that with the fact that he played the saxophone, with the fact that he smoked weed, with the fact that he got head. All of these things are kind of like, you know, stuff that black folks are like, all right, we can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, know I, mean? I believe President, I got to do research on President Jimmy Carter mm-hmm. because he was, act, he was actually a Baptist from Georgia. Okay. So, I, so maybe I think he may have resonated with the black community back then when he ran in okay. 1976, you know. So yeah. let it, me know. Let it, me know. I could be wrong. Get, did he get assassinated? No. Well, he he wasn't for the black people. There. They got rid of all the presidents that was for the black people. <laughs> you seen what happened with Kennedy, yeah. but we wasn't able to vote at that time. We right. got passed in what 1965 or something like that. The vote, right. Voting Rights Act. So the Voting Rights Act, yeah. yeah. 1965. Kennedy, when Kennedy died, 1964, 1963. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a history teacher. <laughs> wow. But um, you know, we um, we's talking about uh Trump. And, you know, if he was to become president, you know, same thing with Bloomberg did. Bloomberg turned Brooklyn into Manhattan. Yep. Which which now every little space, a, a, a condo is going up. The black people is moving out. Where they going? I have That's no I idea. Know. That's, That's what, what I want to know. know. Where is all where, these where black going? people going? Because th- this is the thing right here. You can go to East New York. They go push you out of there. That's right. You go go to about Rosedale, Queens. And that's gonna be your border because you can't go into Long Island. Look, you can't go into Long Long Island because the taxes are outrageous. 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 So Crazy. here's my: I believe that the black folks are going into. Uh, they are. They are going in. Well, they were. They were going into uh, to uh, East New York. The professional blacks, like folks in MTA, folks, teachers, you know, anybody with a, you know, with a, a professional uh, job, uh, with a career, <clears throat> they're going. They were going into East New York, but. I feel like East New York now is on the cusp of being gentrified now. So. Oh, it's there. You, it's seen there. What happened, you seen what happened yesterday? No. Nah. They had um, 
What, what, what did um, the mayor do? They Oh, some rezoning. That's the new really? thing that's going on now. Rezoning. So the people protested. They got arrested. And it's rezoned now. Hmm. So, oh, yeah. What's rezoned? East New York. Because oh, I know really? I, I yeah. have a couple of, I mean. I, I as far as the zip code? or is No, 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 no. As far as um, where they could build and, and what they classify it as. Because and the, the best, names that best, they're giving best, it, the best, school system. Best Star isn't Best Star no more. I don't think it. What, is, what is it? Stuyvesant, Stuyvesant Heights. Heights. Stuyvesant Heights. Yeah. Stuyvesant. And Stuyvesant Heights was always the expense. The um, Bed Stuy is actually Stuyvesant Heights and, and Clinton yeah. Hills. Yeah, yeah, but Stuyvesant, it's, you know, it's it's merged. Stuyvesant Heights was more of towards Boys and Girls High School, and those those his, those houses over there historic have historic value. You can't change the outside of those houses. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know what I'm saying? So that's Stuyvesant Heights now. Stuyvesant Heights have grown. Oh, right? okay, it's because, expanded. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's. It's crazy, man. But yeah, East New York is, you know, I, two years, two, three, four years ago. No, two years ago, I know uh, a teacher friend of mine purchased a house in East New York for about five fifty, about three years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and there's some other folks, other friends I know who moved into East New East New York. Other professionals. Um, and I'm talking, when I say professional, I'm talking people who are making about 70, single individuals making 70 to $80,000, who I knew, could not afford to live in Brooklyn and moved to Long Island. Seventy, eighty thousand $80,000. $80,000. And they, they said Brooklyn is the most expensive, second most expensive city in the country now. Mm, right. And then I was, the first San Francisco? No. San Francisco is the first one. San Francisco, yeah. It's the first I actually one. heard that, I heard recently that Brooklyn is more expensive than San Francisco, I heard. They did, I mean, I just seen an article recently. They said they was number two. I mean, who cares? At we, this point, we might as well just say they neck and neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I know that even in, um, in South Jamaica, Queens out there, like Parsons, Archer, and that you know that area out there, if you know that that area is looking to that they're looking to build up that area over there by the because it's right by Jamaica Station at the Long Island Railroad. Right. The E, the J, and the Z right. trains is right there, and you got all those buses in the shopping area there. Yep. So yep. basically, what's what's going to happen is with gentrification, that uh, sixty and seventy thousand dollars annually is going to be the new low income <laughs> I mean, to yeah. live because, yeah. and I'm serious, that's crazy. You know, I was, I was reading an article because it was a buddy of mine, um, you know, I went to a mechanic shop the other week, he was telling me that, yeah, they, you know, they want to build it up. Uh, they want to put a high rise hotel there. They want to put high rise condos and yep. yeah, man. Look, so so look, basically I, when you say that sixty dollars is going to be the new low income, what does that tell you? Yeah, and you want to know what? Gentrification is <laughs> happening. Look, I was actually pushed out of Brooklyn at one point. <laughs> you went with $60,000, dollars to what? Is That's the, what? The, new, the new low income. <laughs> That's MTA base salary. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and so, that, need, so that means. We need to step it up. M- exactly. M- MTA workers going to be forced to move to Jersey. Which no no, which, no 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 they which they, they there can't now. They, 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 there they, now. They, they there now but they isn't there, now. isn't there a law like no you can't, no 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 no, no, no. We, could, we could live in they, listen some of them coming from Pennsylvania yeah. but I, I heard a lot of them not some yeah, a lot a lot of them I, I call them transit refugees mm, yeah I know a couple of guys that travel back and forth to South Jersey Delaware if they're listening yeah, yeah. Delaware yeah they it take them about two and a half hours to get to work some of them it's a hard life bro I mean that's it, it's a sad thing. Working for a company you can't like this, even afford to live in the city where you work, right? That's, that you that, that we serve. Yes, yeah. fucked up. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sad. I can curse, sad. right? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it, that's it's, sad. It's, it's, that's fucked up. And yeah. then what they say, what Steve Downs came in and said uh, last week, oh, but you make overtime, but overtime isn't guaranteed. It's but not. why do you have to work overtime to feed your family? Because at the end of the day, overtime means I'm, I'm spending less time with my family. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm not, so in other words, sacrifice your kids for your cost of living. No, they, they call it sacrifice your kids for the good of the service. <laughs> for the good of the service. Yeah. The service that they keep cutting and yeah. trimming, right? <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah, of course. Now, don't get it twisted. MTA is a good job. It is. It's a good job, but it could be way better because, you know, you compare our packages to everybody else. We at the bottom of that totem pole. That's right. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people like, oh, you know, I just took a correction test. And I'm looking at their base salary at 94000 And mine's is, is six, around sixty. Why wouldn't I do that? Oh, you 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 going to be dealing with prisoners. I'm dealing with homeless. I'm dealing with crazy people. People spitting at me. <laughs> customers cursing me out. White white customers calling me niggas. Outrageous you, you, discipline. Like, yo, you dealing with gonna be prisoners. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Outrageous <laughs> discipline. In fact, I don't know nobody who assaulted an MTA worker and going to jail. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a myth. But they got that law though. At least what that law mean? That le- I mean, look, I'm a teacher. You could, we get assaulted left and right every day. You don't even get handcuffs put on you, <laughs> right? But the it's cops don't be, even show up. But for them to go get time served, it's got to be their third strike under that law. You know oh, that? Yeah. No, I mean, I don't believe that because you know a lot of people don't know me and Mo uh, know the kid that assaulted the bus driver. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he has autism, mm. schizophrenia. He has issues. We know him personally because we worked in a school with him, and they trying to throw the book at him. Really? And they know that he has a, a mental condition. But if he has a mental condition, he not. They, I mean, they trying to throw the book at him, but that ain't going down. Oh no, it's going down. Really? It's going down. I spoke to his um, mother today, and um, they they first of all, the news made him seem like a monster, a a, a, a total monster, and I couldn't believe it because I'm like, this is not. Yeah, yeah, this is not the kid that I know. Yeah, I knew him too, uh, and I, w- I was shocked. I was shocked because you know, seeing him in the school, he's always every time he sees you, he's like he puts his hand on his heart when he when he says hi to you. He says hi, and then he puts his hand on his heart. And and for those of y'all who don't know, you know, that's a salute of love. Yeah, you know what I'm saying when 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 somebody shakes your hand and they say they put their hand on their heart. That's a salute of love. Yeah. So he always gave me that kind of handshake. Yeah. In, hey, the, in the school building. Now don't get it twisted. He didn't talk to us. Right. But right. it was always that. That's what he did. Respect. And there's always smiles. It was never no conversation. You know, he played sports. At, at first look, you'll look at him and think that he's, um, he, he nothing is wrong with him. Right. You know what I'm saying? At, at very first look. But if you try to hold the conversation with him, then you will see the challenges that he, he faced. But, you know, they definitely trying to throw the book at him. I mean, I, I don't know. I find that hard to believe. I, 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 you know, I find that hard to believe. He's, he, he has some sort of learning disability. I don't know if it's, if it's autism because someone told me that he doesn't have autism, that he has uh, what they call now. What, what did I say the term was? Um, me, you know, intellectual. He has an intellectual disability, which is the new word for retarded. Yeah, but you know what they're doing? These people who's reclassifying these terms, they doing it the same thing in, in, in corrections, and, and they coming in here, 
never been, don't know nothing about jail life, don't know nothing about street life. They give all the rights to the prisoners. Now, correction officers getting slashed in their face. Wow. That's why nobody taking the job. Correction officers getting beat and assaulted left and right now. Because you got these liberal people coming in these jails, not from an urban community, don't know nothing about the jail setting and be like, yo, y'all got to be hands off on these guys. Right. Prisoners ain't stupid. Most of them is very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And they know what they could get away with mm-hmm. and they know what they can't get away with. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole other demon in this, in this country right now, the whole prison system itself. I mean, incarceration. Yes. System, yes. You, you know, know, like, what, what, what's going on? What are we doing to really rehabilitate? I mean, honestly, you know, we really want to do something effective and, and make the job, I think, safer. I feel like we need to change the perspective, change the relationship, the dynamics between the CEO uh, and, and the inmates. Maybe there's certain uh, steps to rehabilitating that should be discovered or researched. You know what I mean? Because I remember that prison was a place that was invented to make people who committed a crime get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we have a lot of, of, of revisit, revisit, uh, recidivism, people who come out of jail and go back. Well, we could thank Clinton for some of that because he stopped a lot of programs in jails where these prisoners just going to jail and, and not doing anything. Mm-hmm. No, no schooling, no nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, you know, I do, a, I do a, another radio show on uh, Sundays. And last week we talked about uh, incarceration. We had uh, some one of the guests that we had was, well, we had one caller who was actually inside. He was in jail at the time uh, of our show, and we had an, another homie of mine who did 22 years. <clears throat> and what he said to me was that I learned a lot from from the show, and he said that in prison they have they have school. He said. He went to, he, in prison, he received his certi- certification to become a, a plumber. But when he came out, he didn't have any skills as a plumber because the teachers that they hired would allow the inmates to conduct the lesson. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that, that right there is, is a, is a, uh, it's a setback. You know, time. how you how you how you going to come out of prison and be it's already uh, a label on your back when you come out of jail because you are an ex-con. So now you're an ex-con that is not actually fully qualified to do the job that you're going to apply for because you didn't get properly trained in prison. And the thing with being a plumber, a plumber is a major um, trade yeah. in this country where you're paid, you know, depending big upon what union and you pay big bucks. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know? So, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And, and, you know, we could also thank Clinton for the privatization of of prisons as well, too. So, which means that private companies can now uh, invest or private, you know, they can invest in a prison system. And while they're investing, if if I invest in a prison system, then part of my advertisement to gain business would be to the federal government, would be to send what they call lobbyists and to make sure that we make stricter laws for these inmates because if I'm making money per inmate, then uh, recidivism is something that I want to happen. I want inmates to go out and come back. You know what I mean? Because any, any business 
What do you, what do you want? You want repeat clients. Of course. Right? McDonald's wants repeat clients. Yeah. Of course. Right? So if I own a prison, I want repeat clients. I am a corporation. So the first thing I'm going to do is take my money and see how can I get to the, law, the, to the lawmakers so that they can make laws that would allow these inmates, make it difficult for them to experience freedom. Right. And, and, and make it difficult for them to excel, if, you know, like when they come out of prison and actually flow in the mainstream of life with people and, and yeah. being an outstanding citizen. But also um, the prison system is a is a um, is bread and butter for certain parts of the country because Definitely. it gives it, it, it feeds those cities. Exactly. Because it gives jobs to um, people in those towns. Right. You know, the CEOs, it gives jobs to people doing working as cooks. Working as cleaners, working as you know, anything you can think of in inside the prison system, you name it. These it gives inmates, them a job. So, they work, and this is one of the things that came out in, in uh, the conversation last week as well, too. That these inmates they work and make twelve cents an hour, which oh, is basically oh. modern day slave labor in prison. Oh no, I, I know that. That's slave and, and, labor. And, and, and another amazing thing about that is that they work for the state too. Mm-hmm. Like I never forget um, this dude who used to live in my building. Did my father license plate and wrote a and wrote a note and say, "Yo, this is so and so from the building," and I say, "Yo, he, he recognized the address." Wow. And 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 these these prisoners, they doing they working for the state, they working for phone companies. You you thinking that you talking to um somebody in 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 in, in Texas somewhere? Yeah, they in Texas penitentiary. Wow. You know what I'm saying? They making it's slave labor. That's that's why. Even if you read the book, like Mo was the one who put me on to the um the new Jim Crow. Oh, by Michelle A. Alexander. Yeah, that yeah. that book Yo. is so amazing because it explains so much. I tell African Americans every chance I get, if you don't read anything, read that book. This book is so important right now, even during these elections, because you you see people supporting Hillary crazy, but her husband set us back right big time. Big time. Look, let me show you something. That book. So much information is coming out the woodworks now, and I believe it's all because of that book. Um, There was another uh, report that came out, and this report, which I found found suspicious, this report came out in uh, 1994, but wasn't exposed until recently, uh, until sometime in April. So this writer for uh, Harper's Magazine, his name is uh, Dan Baum, he interviewed John Ehrlichman, who was the uh, domestic policy man for... um, Richard Nixon, and he said uh, that Nixon campaign in 1968 and the White House after that had two enemies, and I'm reading from a a quote right now from uh, CNN, Uh, the anti-war left and and black people. This is what Ehrlichman wrote in 1994, he didn't write it, he spoke to, he told this to uh, Dan Baum, and he said, and now I'm paraphrasing, he said that they, Nixon's agenda was to target black people for heroin and target the hippies for marijuana. And he said, by doing this, we could then imprison their leaders. We could then vilify them on the evening news, right? So this is a domestic, the domestic policy man for Richard Nixon who came out and said that the war, no, he also said the war on drugs was really a war on black war people. on black people, yeah. Oh, I without read, a doubt. Right, because I read an article, I read a similar article mm-hmm. about that guy recently on Facebook, you know. Yeah, so now here, here you have, now this is, uh, you know, uh, 
this is truth being spoken by someone who was in the devil's camp. You know what I mean? So what kind of effects did that policy have on the future generations of black people? Future generations of the poor community. You feel what I'm saying? So, and, and I find it interesting that he came out, he confessed this, you know, no one really, really talks about it. It's not on mainstream media. You know, it's, it's in the articles, but I, find, I feel like this article in and of itself is a cause for reparation at the end of the day. Because now you're saying that, look, we knew, because, and he also says, he says, did we know that there were no drugs? Yes, we did. He says that. So here you have a, a, a political man under Nixon admitting that we targeted a particular group of people. There's other research that proves that, uh, that the government was pouring drugs into certain neighborhoods in America, right? Uh, even, what's his name, um, John Kerry. John Kerry, wrote, he, did a, he wrote a report about that in and of itself. He himself came out and said, are there White House officials, officials responsible for drugs coming into certain neighborhoods? He, he even called out a neighborhood in California. He says, he says um, the government owes California an explanation. Talking about the poor neighborhoods in California. Yeah. Now, no one addresses these, these, uh, these findings, right? But today we look and we see the conditions in our neighborhoods, right? Right. And everyone says, why? You hear the rhetoric all the time. Why don't black folks just get over it? Why are you still talking about this? No one's against you. But every time the, the evidence comes out, it's always hushed. It's always never put on full blast. You know what I mean? What's, what's going on? They, they, you, know, they, it's, you know, it's an important, um, you know, what you just talked about is very important. Because, I you know, me and Tramel talk all the time, every day, of course, and I tell him about, um, okay, now, first off, right, going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show an hour ago, right. we talked about um, books and stuff like that and reading, but it's also important to get information from older people mm -hmm. because older people, absolutely, old, older people who lived absolutely before your time, definitely, can give you the best insight because they was there, right? Because they were there, and there's nothing like being there. Call them, we call them primary sources. Primary sources, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's number one. And then number two, it's, you know, while we study history, you study, you know, you teach history, mm -hmm. you got a degree in history. Tramel loves studying black history, mm -hmm. and I love studying his, history also. Mm -hmm. But it's also good to study history right before your time and birth because that could also tell a huge story also. Because, see, while we talk about Clintons and the crime bill and everything, but there's history before the Clintons. You understand what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So it goes back to what you just talked about with this guy under President Nixon. Right, John Ehrlichman. Er I might be fucking up er his name, but whatever. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, don't want to try to pronounce it either. You know, because basically after, you know, you had Lyndon Johnson and mm -hmm. he signed into law the Voter Rights Act of 64. Under duress. Under duress, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, you know... Um, you know, the Civil Rights Act, mm -hmm. okay? So basically, that was, you know, that generation of young black people back then, they, this was something that they wanted because politics always go by what's going on socially. Mm -hmm. Okay, so socially, this is what was going on back then, and this is what, and this is what, 
young people wanted at that time, okay? Right. So now basically ever since then, it seems like white America has been trying to bring, you know, bring black people down through institutional racism and policy. You know, so, so now you so now you have Nixon with the war on drugs, and then you and 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 then you had um, President Johnson with the what you, you know with the welfare reform, right? Okay, with the breakup of the black families. That's another show. You know, that's a, that's another. No, 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 yeah. that, that's, this show. <laughs> that's this show. That's this show. <laughs> that's this show. <laughs> we gonna touch on yeah. that. Okay. Got, right. We gonna touch on that. Exactly. And then Lord knows you got President Reagan. The 80, basically the 80s changed the whole scope of everything in this country. Well, right? one, one thing that Reagan did, he, he, he perpetuated the, 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 war, on the war on drugs also. Yeah, I right. mean, he Nixon did. and, and yeah. Yeah. Reagan announced the war on drugs before even crack even hit the scene. Right, 1982. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, crack hit the scene in 1985. Mm-hmm. So what war was, was you talking about? I mean, he, he was talking probably about heroin, you know what I'm saying, uh, Right, coming out of the seventies, right. heroin. Yeah, yeah. Right. but but if you really, if you look at other other, um, uh, I guess de- uh, developed countries, you know, we're the only country that really. Uh, every other country looks at drug addiction as a medical condition. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying. We're the only one that treat treat it as a criminal offense, and we lock we right. lock people up, and and you know, uh, even even, you know, I like to look at crack and crack versus cocaine. You know, cocaine uh, was, in, in those days, cocaine was a very expensive drug. And, you know, the black community was an impoverished community. So you couldn't afford we couldn't it. afford cocaine. So yeah. what happened was, you know, and this, this uh, I don't know, I would love to know the behind the scenes behind this dude, uh, what's his name, uh, Ricky Rose, who is responsible for oh, bringing, bringing, in, bringing crack into the community. Well, he said the government, the government, he was working for the government. He said that. Yeah. He said, right. he said, because this, this, this is where I was going, but, but, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he said that they, um, they knew exactly what he was doing and they was with it. Right. And there was some of the, it was some so, of the planes and boats that. They exactly. So now check it out. Cocaine and crack, two drugs, which come from the same substance. They're both. It's just how you process them that make the difference. Formaldehyde. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't oh, even you, know. You cooking crack now? Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. Man, so you tell his secrets. <laughs> tell his secrets, man. You might, want to, you might want to talk off the air, yo. Uh, 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 why did I say that, right? <laughs> but, yeah, uh, what you said. <laughs> but, shout, shout out to my cousin. <laughs> yeah, you gotta give him a round of applause, man. He's surprised what you learned out here all these years, you know? He said, for my <laughs> you like what? <laughs> I got. I went to my phone to look up. Uh, look yeah, up. Think about <laughs> Make sure it. he right. <laughs> what makes you look like a zombie? What do they use in the um in the funeral parlors? Mm. Yeah, it, it, that. that's that's that, that's not in crack though. They use um formaldehyde. They dip that. They dip cigarettes in it, mm-hmm. and they and they smoke it. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's the new thing. That's that's starting in the south. A right. bombing fluid, dipping that in cigarettes, smoking it, mm-hmm. and they from, right. you you you'll blow up. You put um, I don't even know how to pronounce it. You put that in, in crack, but right. you but, know, yeah. So, crack, cocaine, the same substance uh, processed differently. For cocaine, you was getting you get you got less time in jail for cocaine. You got I think double or triple the time for crack. In fact. Back in the nineties, folks was get you got caught with crack in some states, you're getting life in prison. Rockefeller. Rockefeller, Rockefeller laws. For crack, mm-hmm. not for cocaine. For cocaine, you go to rehab. 
white folks could afford rehab. So if you understand that, and you, you mentioned the word institutional racism, which right. for, for a lot of folks, that's an invisible idea. Like that doesn't exist. That's just an argument to make excuses for the, re- for the reasons why we do the things that we do. But if you really dissect the law, you'll see the institutional racism. Of course. There, like in crack cocaine, it was there. It was there because you got more time for crack Life in prison for crack, and you got about ten years, maybe yeah. five to ten years for cocaine. And, and most of the crack was found in the, um, the urban communities. Well, they only looked in the urban communities. Yeah, you know what I mean, because in uh, that that book revealed a lot, a lot of statistics about uh, the the uh, was, New Jim Crow. Yeah, it was more more drug abuse, drug use. Period in, in the, the white in community, the white community, right? But if you look at the prison system, you have more blacks locked up or in uh, jailed for drug abuse. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense when white folks use more drugs. Look, I got—I could tell you, <laughs> even, you know, and this is a, a short story about, I guess, you know, back in the 80s, 90s. Marijuana, which is, I could talk about it now. Marijuana is almost like cigarettes now, right? Uh, it's better than cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> medical marijuana. <laughs> I ain't never but, hear medical t- tobacco. Back in the 80s when they was raiding uh Caribbean stores for for weed, right? White people would come, white folks from Vermont would would bring their weed into New York. There was one white girl I know. I re- I remember. Well, I didn't know her. I knew of her. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know her. I knew of her. I knew about her. <clears throat> we know who may be sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, dude! She would come into Brook, New York, dingy jeans as they do, pounds of weed in a garbage bag, and would walk freely in the street without a care in the world from one place to the other, right? But that could never happen. A black folks would never take that risk because of how uh, strategic and, and insistent. The law enforcement went about searching and, and, and condemning black folks for drugs. Racial profiling, Racial basically. Profiling. Yeah, and, and even you know, back to the crack and cocaine thing, they consider cocaine a, a designer drug. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's expensive. Yeah, and, and then we know who use it. Like a lot of these guys on Wall Street, cocaine, cocaine, cocaine. A party drug, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It, that's that's what they consider it as, and I think under the um. Clinton administration, uh, um, also, they the federal sentencing guidelines didn't want to change the law between crack and coke and cocaine. Right, they saying yeah, it's they, a, yeah, they it's, didn't. It's the same base. It's just one is cooked, and right? Cocaine is pure. Mm-hmm. They changed it now, though. It's changed now. They changed some of it. I, I, I you know. I believe they did. They did change some of it. I still think that there is a slight difference in sentencing, yeah. but they did make an uh, uh, an attempt to uh, adjust it somehow. Now <laughs> I, I think that all those people who is in jail for weed, they need to be home. Especially you make the government making illegal. Folks in jail for drugs. Period. Need to be home. Anyone who did a, who's in prison for, using. Even selling should be home, as far as I'm concerned, because you know that's that's a that's re- rehabilitation. I mean, <clears throat> rehabilitation at the end of the day, let's rehabilitate, not not incriminate. 
Yeah, and, and what's crazy is that they not getting no help for the people who's using the drugs. Right. But punishing the people who's selling it and not even mentioning the people who bringing it into the communities. Not even mentioning. I mean, that just, just goes, I mean, there, there, there's, so, there's so much stuff out there, you know, documentaries, books on, on government involvement. You know, some say it's just conspiracy, you know, but. Conspiracy by behind. You know. But even you know. if you think, even if you think, you don't have to think deep. We know for a fact, we, we could count the rappers and the black people who own planes and stuff like that. <laughs> we don't have money for planes and boats <laughs> to bring drugs over here. Right. You're right. It's the bottom line. We, we don't have that. But we, right. getting, we getting punished for it. That's why, that's why um, what's his name that got caught um, in, in Mexico? El Chapo. El Chapo. He said, Trump is my friend. <laughs> he said, Trump is my friend. Why would he say that? <laughs> and Trump trying to be president now? Right. Yeah. He the plug, dude. Exactly. <laughs> first, first of all, if you want to go down the line, I mean, presidents, you got all. Look, you can't make, you can't become wealthy in this country without a scandal behind your of name. Of course. Known or unknown, there is a scandal behind your name. Kennedys, there's a scandal behind in there. They were bootleggers. Right. You got Bush, the Bush family. I think Prescott Bush. He and somehow was was in cahoots with the Nazis. So if you go down the line of presidents, people who made it, who are uh, even corporations, there's there's a scandal. Of course, there's it's, money. It's, capital, it's capitalism. Right. Capitalism is not by design genuinely good. Capitalism needs a poor base. You need to step on somebody's neck. Of course, to make it out the barrel. To start up a corporation. Or to start up a company, there was some illegal money somewhere up the road, somewhere, somewhere down the line. Somewhere down the line, of course. You know what I mean? So you know, it's 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 innately evil. It's innately evil. At the end of the day, and, and then like even we even, living in the belly right now. And even with these um companies that 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 supporting that's profiting off of prison labor, mm. you got McDonald's, Whole Foods, mm. Walmart, Victoria's Secret, AT and T. BP and, and and a host of others, a, a few analog companies actually um mm -hmm. um hire prison labor because you're getting it for cheap. They 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 working for the, the amazing thing is this. Um, you working for the state in jail, you state property basically. <laughs> now, why can't they get a state job when they come home? I mean, I know I know why they they can't. Prison is made to have a revolving door. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's how they. That's how they make their money. It, it's it's like what? How much to to um house a prisoner? Like fifty thousand a year? 60, something crazy. Sixty sixty three. Mm -hmm. I heard. I heard. Mm -hmm. Sixty three thousand. Something that, like that. That's my salary, and I and I guarantee <clears throat> you, that's not the 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 net. That's the gross. I mean, that's that's it's sixty three thousand. It ain't. Sixty-three thousand, and it's tax, and it's forty thousand to house the prison. But see, this is this is why I say Trump is good for us, man. Trump Trump will put it put us in perspective. We would know who is for us and who is against. Now, I don't want to seem like I'm against white folks. I'm just not down with groups of white folks. Individual white folks, you know, I can fuck with you, you know, because. But individual groups of white people, in a in a in a clan. Not talking about the clan, but in a group, they are a menace to society. The laws that they create, you know, 
I mean, if you look at it historically, let's, let's, let's look at history. Let's look at his story, not our story, <laughs> right? Look at his story. You know, you got um, invasion upon invasion upon invasions upon invasion. You go to Africa, you look at what's the conditions that's, that, 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 that Africa is facing, a lot of the conditions that Africa is facing is based, is based on, on Europeans' uh, co-opting the continent okay you go to south africa um they invaded south africa you look president mugabe right now do you guys have you heard of uh the, the mugabe story no not i haven't heard no of so you got people like and, and i'm not i'm fucking up this history because it it, it it slips my memory but you got people like cecil rose who they made uh there's something called the Rhodes scholar right now, Cecil Rose, and somebody should Google that for me to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm saying this right, but Cecil Rose, I believe he went into South Africa and co-opted the land, killed thousands of people, and they made a, an award after him. They call you a Rhodes Scholar. You know, look that up to make sure that I'm telling the truth. Where, where was he from? I believe I, I don't know. I, so he's somewhere in Europe. Be, yeah, let me tell British, you something. About, I mean, Britain. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something yeah, about Britain, them, Britain, them. Right. Them Europeans. So man, they they some crazy people. The, the prime meridian <laughs> is split down Europe. Yeah. They, they believe that they they, the they put themselves in the center of the world. You yeah, see that, yeah. right? It, it's no. It's no. It's no. They um, put themselves in the center of the world. The prime meridian runs through straight through uh, uh, Europe. And if you pay attention to if you if you pay attention to where Europe is. If you look at all the European countries, they are in the northern section of the globe, right? Yeah. So in their area, there's really no resources where they live, right? There's no real resources that they naturally have. All of the resources are south in, in Africa. And they've entered these countries, you know, they've, uh, they've taken over land. Uh, taking over resources, diamonds, you know, shit like the, this company called the Bears was a diamond uh, yeah, in the I diamond industry, right? Yeah. And they now were killing these young African kids to collect diamonds. And then they changed the law and they said, all right, we're no longer, uh, we're no longer going to use blood diamonds, they called them. But then any African who finds a diamond in your own country, you now have to explain that this is not a blood diamond. Any black person with a diamond should be able to walk free because this is your land. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If, even if as an African I cut somebody's hand off, I learned that from you. Right? I didn't come up with that on my own. So, and I'm just saying all of this to say if you show history, if you look at the history, you know, you have... In all of the countries where Europe has entered, even the Chinese, they went into China and they, they occupied. They came into America. They, we lost the Indians. We have, you know, shadow slavery in America, which, you know, a lot, a lot of times folks like to compare that. Well, in Africa, there was slavery too, but it was a different kind of slavery. Indentured. It, was, it wasn't indentured type of slavery. It was a slavery where, where if I captured your tribe, you, your tribe and my tribe went to war, but... You lost. You become my slave. You work in my house. At some point in time, 
we could develop a bond and you could become my right hand man. The story of Queen Nzinga, her father had uh, his her father's right hand man the, 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 was someone that he fought at one point in time in life and later became his uh his lieutenant. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Other stories, if you read African history, there's so many stories of of groups in this in this book um this is a fiction, but I feel like it, it, it's worth mentioning because it was written by uh, an African, where there was a, a, a murder took place. It's called Things Fall Apart, right? There was a murder that took place. Oh, yeah, I, I read that. Right? So if you, maybe you can help me with the story then. There's a murder that took place in this particular community. The, man, the man's wife was, was murdered. So they went into the village Right? And said, look, somebody has to pay restitution for this murder. Yeah. So they said, all right, we're going to take the youngest daughter and we're taking the son to live with us. The youngest daughter will go to the man and, and become, it will be the replacement wife that he lost. The son, they didn't know what to do with him. Imagine, they didn't know what to do with him, but they did not kill him or put him in prison. No, they, I think at the end they did kill him. No, 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 not the son. Not the son. They killed, they, they, uh, one of the main characters, Achini, I forgot his name. Uh, is that is that that was things fall apart, breaking they, the bones? No, things, things fall, fall apart. apart things things fall, apart. fall apart. So the the son went to live with the main character, who's the wrestler. His I forgot, I can't pronounce his name, but and he lived with him for a couple of years, and and he had multiple wives. And at some point in the story, they they grew to become friends. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is the kind of slavery that existed in Africa. This type of slavery. Of course, in every situation, there there will be different uh, a different story to tell. But you know, for the most part, it wasn't a slavery where I was whipping you and and you were you know you were forced to eat uh, less than I ate. It, it wasn't violence. It wasn't that. You know, I'm, were there episodes of violence? Probably. I don't know. But for the most part, we could say that it wasn't a type of slavery where I sold you to someone else. And then I bought groups and groups of your people, you know what I'm saying? To, to and stripped you of your right. religion. And, and I made profit off of you yeah. other than the, the labor that you did in my, ha- in, my fam- in, my, in my household. So that, is a, to me, is a, is a difference than the slavery that we see here in America and the slavery that we, see, that we saw in, in Europe, in Britain, you know? A different kind of slavery, which tell, it's, it's, it just shows that, that, you know, there's something off. About the Europeans, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. And and um, even when they colonized, you know, Africa, what people need to understand, they didn't come in there uh, putting people in chokeholds and, 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 and harming them. They came in there smiling and laughing and, hey, we your friend. Mm-hmm. And then they stabbed them in the back. Right. And And if you pay attention to what goes on today, it's a new form of that. See, one thing they do, they reinvent themselves, but the story is the same. Right. Like even, even you, I, I, was, I was talking about, I started mentioning President Mugabe, who was the president of Zimbabwe in South Africa. And Mugabe took over, you know, he's, he's the president, he took over from uh, the, his predecessor. And I feel, like, I feel like Mugabe's predecessor might have been Cecil Rose, and I'm not sure. I could be wrong. Right, and you could Google that to, to make sure I'm right. But what Mugabe's did, he's when he became president, because he was a Mugabe was a, a militant, he was a revolutionary, and he fought uh, against the his oppressor, 
the, the white folks in that, that occupied Africa. And when he became president, what he started doing, up until this day, what he started doing, he started taking back the land that was taken away from the original Africans, right? And he receives flack from Western civilizations, from all of, you know, uh, Europe and even America. They say how he is evil because he's snatching away the land from people who live on it, right? They think he, they say he's wrong. And he's giving it back to the original Africans. Now, of course, some of these family, these family members, they died in the process, right? So, yeah, they may not be alive. And maybe some of the, the European whites that live on the land were not responsible for the apartheid that existed in Africa and during that time, right? Yeah. However, it existed. However, you inherited stolen property. Isn't it right to give it back? They never do that. But this is what he's doing. Yeah, I know. They're not, and and they, speak, they speak negatively. Even Mandela spoke negatively about, about Mugabe. And I got to question Mandela. Let me, let me tell Rest you. Rest his soul. <laughs> Did you, um, you heard about the 9-11 bill? I don't know. The 9-11 bill. I, I, I got to find out who sponsored, who sponsored that bill. But um, President Obama is not supposed to sign it into law. I heard he go veto it. But we can sue the countries like oh. the terrorists uh, mm. for um for for you know flying flying the planes into the towers. We can sue countries for doing stuff to us, and but it, it would be a backlash. That's because how, because black people will be able to sue America. But that that sounds crazy off the back though because if America passes a law on our land that says we could sue another country for for offending us in some way, who, who gives us the right to execute that law? Because it's only on American land. Right, because it makes sense. Like If the United Nations said, well, this is the law, then I understand it. The United Nations could then say, all right, well, we're going to, you know, that's the almost like the government for the world, right? But if America, I, I got to read that. I got to read that to see. Yeah. I gotta that read sounds it. crazy. It is. I, I got to read that too because then another thing is with 9-11 is basically the, the quote-unquote pilot who was supposed to have been in, in control of those planes. Oh, don't say that, folks. Don't say, I don't, don't care. say that. The, the quote-unquote pilot who was supposed don't to have been. Don't say that. Look. Was, listen. They was, they I was didn't the, say that. Just for the record, <laughs> they were supposed to have been on the plane, controlling the plane, but those pilots didn't know they their training were wasn't that extensive. So who was controlling those planes that quote unquote flew into those buildings? Mainstream America does not want to hear no conspiracy about 9-11. No, they don't because they're crying and weeping. 9-11, look, 9-11 happened as Fox News said it happened. Exactly. <laughs> Fox News. Fox, right. You know what I'm but I, let me ask you something. Um, how, how does it feel to be pro-black? Because, you know, I get a lot of flack from, from, from uh, Caucasians. Puerto Ricans, uh, all types of non-black, you know, people for, for speaking up for my people because to me it seems like white folks just want us to forget. Let me show you something. Anybody who has a problem with people who are pro-black are not comfortable 
with themselves or what their ancestors did or what their ancestors did or with themselves with themselves because right. i feel like any sound-minded white person who understood or understands what happened historically would be like nah i hear you like would be would could have a conversation and could could engage in in some you know reasoning and and could even you know present an argument comfortably against what you know what i'm saying because yeah, I, I totally agree. some if 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 you don't want to hear this discussion you have a problem with yourself you're not comfortable in your skin because it, it's not you even, need counseling it's not even like it's over talked about it's not talked about it, enough let me tell you what's crazy i was at the um the uh protest rally with um judge chun to get him removed about the Aka girlie with his murder so they was we, we was chanting racist police some white guy walked by and said y'all racist y'all racist all y'all racist how can a black person be racist we are not a part of the group with the money or the power mm -hmm. we cannot oppress anyone you know what i'm right. saying right and and no white folk today will renege his whiteness can't. I mean, besides, you can't. I mean, you can't. Anatomically <laughs> impossible. Yeah. Right. But they would never like they they like I forgot what what I sent you the video and I sent you the video too. Mm -hmm. Well, I think his name is Doctor Johnson. He said a white person is born with a certain amount of success just yeah. because of their skin color. Right. Off the, off the back. So it's like when these guys when these the way I look at it too. And they what? don't they don't understand the privilege that it's not I don't want to say they but many of them do not understand the privilege that they have. Oh, they understand it when the police pull them over. <laughs> 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 that, that, that's when it's understood. He's like, uh, I'm sorry, officer. Well, did I did I did I uh, did I run the light? <laughs> I mean, they also understand it. They also understand it because the cops Wait, don't come I, in the oh neighborhood. My God. Yeah, you know. Right. And, and, I mean, even even today. You know, we almost had to go go oh, yeah. go get Mo. Yeah, you know, tell the story. Yeah, because uh, I came out my house as normal. He's a he's a homeowner, by the way. Right. To get in my car out of my driveway, and there is a U-Haul truck parked in my driveway. Now I have two, I want to say this eight by twenty four signs on each side of the gate that says no parking. You'll be towed, <clears throat> and if you you know we're all I believe everybody listening. It's from New York. It's from Brooklyn, right? Oh, well, New York. Or at least you've been to Brooklyn. You know, what color are the, what color are the sidewalks? Gray. gray. Gray? Okay. We could all agree that the sidewalks are gray, right? Yeah. Right. In my house, at my house, my sidewalk is brick where my car comes out. of. So you have gray on the left, gray on the white, but in the middle where my car drives out, it's red brick. And there are two signs that say, do not park. So this, you know, I called everyone. I called New York City uh, Police Department. They're going to take eight hours. I called U-Haul. So I'm like, all right, maybe U-Haul could get in contact with them. They did. And this white woman comes out and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see it. Right? And I said, ma'am, you didn't see the two red sign, eight by 24. You know how large that is? It's, it's two feet. <laughs> it's two feet. Right. And it's two of them. 
It's on each side of the gate and the brick on the ground is red. So at some point, when you come out the car, you should at least look down and say, oh, I'm stepping on red brick. Oh, no, I'm not stepping on real. This house has red brick. Where does that happen at? Mm -hmm. And she goes, I'm sorry. I'm like, I said, ma'am, you didn't see. But what do you want me to do? I said, I'm sorry. Attitude. <laughs> She's giving me attitude. And that is an example of white privilege. And, and, and it's deeper than that because her white privilege because she's probably not from New York. She's a gentrifier, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Her white privilege is so deep that when she parked that car, she didn't even think that I could be blocking someone's driveway or I should read the sign. Because every New Yorker or every black person, you know, we broke enough that we don't want no more tickets. So you at least look up to say, can I park here? I think it's a natural habit that we have, especially for older drivers. If you're young, maybe you'll get a pass because you're, you know, you're new at this, but she wasn't. So the fact that she you know, was able to just park there and not look at the sign directly in front of her, directly below her and around her to see if she was parking in the correct or on where she should be, to me was an example of her privilege. They, you know, she can walk around in the world without a care. You know, we can't do that. We cannot walk around the world, around Brooklyn, without observing our environment to make sure that we're safe. Right. Make no sure matter. our bodies are safe, to make sure that our, our money is safe. Right, no matter how gentrified Brooklyn right. becomes, we still can't walk around without being conscious of, what's gonna, of what could possibly happen. Dude, you know? I am a New York City public school teacher. I've been doing this for about 18 years now. And I still get tense when the cops pull up behind me. Still. Still. Yeah, yeah because we know nothing, nothing really comes good. Right. <laughs> out of the police. Either you go get a ticket, roughed up. You know, it, it, it gets crazy. Now, I want to talk about, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us, you know, colored folks, we don't pay attention to the brainwashing. Of, of, of black people. I want to talk about that. And you know, because I, I believe it starts early as far as with something as simple as Christmas where your parents <laughs> is, is working hard all year, but you're giving all this credit to a big fat white man who, who, who's <laughs> going to save the day. No, I want you to ex expand on that, bro. How you feel about, you know, the brainwashing of, of, of and, we, and it, 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 it sets us back because it takes away the credit from us, from the family, See, how see, hard we work. Here's the problem to me that we, you know, as a we've come a long way, the black community. I got to say that with with everything that's going on with you know with mass incarceration, with you know the amount of black males in prison, you know I feel like the black family is still competing, you know, in in a very remarkable way. What's left of the black family? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. You know, we, we, and, I, and I say that, you know, we're still we're still influencing culture. You know, we're still, you know, uh, innovators. So but we don't but we don't know now. We, it's so bad that we don't know it. It's you know what we sometimes we're, we're caught up in ourselves that we don't really recognize. It. And I'll talk about that in a second after right. I, after I answer this question. OK, um, Christmas to me, Christmas to me is is, you know, I don't of course I don't celebrate it. I feel like it's. It's not supporting, I mean, it's not supporting family, Christmas. Christmas is supporting corporate America. Right. So when you take your hard-earned dollars, you know, we're all 
part of the working class, the majority of the black black families, we're part of the working class. We're, we're not, few of us are among the wealthy. Few of us. We have some, but few of us are among the wealthy. So when you support this ideology, this corporate ideology, you take your hard-earned money that you could use to build your community and give it to thin air. Because we buy these things like the iPhones and the the you know whatever all the Jordans. trinkets yeah the Jordans and Jordans. all of these things yeah come on and 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 you know they last about six months if that long right and then we're on to the next that's four hundred dollars seven hundred dollars rather the iPhone it costs right or, or these trinkets that we that we that we get to show that we love our family members we could take that money and invest in our community invest in our family and Christmas. You know, it's 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 not a holiday. It's another lie. It's another untruth. You know, there. It's all based on the brainwashing that happens when Europeans take over a country. You know, they conquered the uh, the Druids or the Celtics in this region of the world where it was completely dark. Um, they had no light. So what they did was they. They found the evergreen tree and they put candles on it and they prayed to the sun god hoping that the winter would be short because they lived in like, uh, I don't know, six months of darkness, right? So when the Roman Catholic came and conquered them, they wanted to purify them, so they called their holiday, the, the, uh, it, was a, it was a harvest season, I forgot what it's called. I think it's the winter solstice or something like that. They called it Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> right. Okay. Then Coca-Cola got on the scene and realized that they could cap- capitalize on this story, the story of a, of, a, of a Turkish man who gave gifts to a poor, uh, a poor family who could, whose father could not afford to pay a dowry for his daughters. So this Turkish man, St. Nicholas, St. Nikolai, I believe, he put some money in a stocking so that these two daughters can get married. Coca-Cola took that story and invented Santa Claus with the red and the white, right? And now we have this big, fat white man in all of our homes, right? That it's not based on any truth at all. It's based on a company that had some some, uh, great advertisers, and they gave us this story. And because there's no truth to it, there's no real value to the practice. You know what I mean? Right. There's no value to it. So that means now you go into a store and you buy something that you, you didn't work, you didn't build yourself, you know, and it's a fad. Six months later, it's gone. Your family's still in the same condition. Exactly. You, you know, know, that's the same thing with Black Friday. Right. And that's the same thing with um, all these other holidays. You got, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, where you go to the you go to the supermarket and you buy up all this food or you stuff your face. Mother's uh, Mother's Day, uh, Columbus Day. You got all all these holidays mm-hmm. where, and you know, with Mother's Day, it's like listen, you know, if you're young and you live with your mother, you know, but even if you're not young and you live on your own and you 
listen, you can call your mother every day and tell her right. thank you for giving birth to me or thank you, I love right. you, okay? You don't need to go go to Carvel or go to any of these, you know, because right. every, you know, the traffic is like crazy I'm be on honest. Mother's Day. I'm okay? not really mad at Mother's Day. I mean, I can live with Mother's Day. I mean, I'm not mad at it, but it's like, but it, but it falls in the same it, category. It does. It, it's it's a capitalist nature. I mean, right. at the end of the day, uh, you know, America, the great country that it is, it's nature of the beast, baby. The great country, it's you know, it's it is the greatest country in the world. I'll, I'll say it. It's yeah. the greatest country in the world. But unfortunately, it is everything that comes out of this country is based on a lie. Unfortunately, I have to say that it's, mm -hmm. it's every holiday is based on a a lie. It's based on something that was covered up to by the writers of history. Come Euro on. The Europeans. Right. By the writers of history. It was covered up to perpetuate this idea of of nobility, of goodness, right? That doesn't exist, didn't exist. And 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 maybe it's and I feel like it's getting, you know, some in some respect it's getting better in my opinion. Well, let me ask you this. This gonna be crazy, but we we gonna touch on this topic. Monogamy. Who told that lie? They did. They did. I mean, so here's my, here's, here's my theory. Well, what about monogamy? <laughs> yeah, we I mean, gonna, I mean, I mean we gonna get some trouble right now. Yeah, we gonna get some trouble oh, right now. That's all right. I, I'm, I'm willing to go there. Like, yo, look, monogamy. I think it, you know, it was invented by Europeans again. I believe that, uh, and how can I say this? So we all came from Africa, white, black, Chinese, the original people, we, we, we came from Africa. Everybody, everyone came from Africa. Scientifically, that's proven. That's proven that Science, no yes. matter white, black, we're all one people, we really should love each other as one because we're really all one people. So, but here, here's what I believe happened. And this is the short story of, <laughs> of uh, migration. Uh, the motherland, right? I believe the white. We have our skin colors and our and our physical features based on our environment. So black folks are dark because of you know in Africa, white folks are white because of the cold. Uh, they have blue eyes because where they the region where they that no, comes no from sun. no sun, right? So initially we were all in Africa. Somebody will tell this story differently, and it's fine. And at some point, a group got thrown out. They were, and I'm calling them the people of exile, right? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody would say they decided to leave because they realized they could do better, well, whatever. What? They, they got kicked out they got, and came back with a vengeance. <laughs> right, they got kicked out. <laughs> they got kicked out, right? So they were, and I'm calling them the people of exile. So the people of exile lived out where it was cold and life was, was hard because it's cold. Yeah. And you had to fend for yourself. You didn't have much of anything because if you go anywhere where it's cold, the land doesn't really produce much. No. Right? So the trees are bare when it's cold. So you really had to plan for your season because if win in wintertime, you know, there's no food. So they didn't have much. So they couldn't afford to feed more than one. You understand what I'm saying? So... In order for us to survive and do well, we have to ration our food, we have to ration our kids, we have to ration our wives. In other words, can't have more than I one. can't have more than one wife. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Meanwhile, in Africa, if you look at African history and you look at uh, the stories about Africa, in Africa, you know, and this is even before Islam, Islam, I feel like, met African kingdoms with 
more than one wife. Yeah, it, definitely the kingdoms came right. before the religion. Exactly. So, you know, although Islam is known for having uh, monogamy, but no, in no, Africa... No. They're not known for having monogamy. You said Af- uh, they know for polygamy. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I misspoke. <laughs> <laughs> Islam is known for having polygamy, right? A polygamous relationship, but that didn't begin with them. That exists, and I feel like in the Quran, it really doesn't say much about... Uh, and, I, and I'm... I'm not sure. I didn't read the Quran, so I could be wrong. But, um, but what I do know is within Africa, the communities, all those books we just mentioned, you know, um, things fall things apart. fall apart. They, they he had more than one. It was that, and that predates uh, European occupation of Africa. So that's a story based on life before the Europeans came, and they had more than one wife. If you in that story, if you were doing well, you had more than one wife. Of and any other books you read, they have more than one wife. Queen Nzinga, he had more than one wives, one wife. You know, I don't. Even, I never even heard a story of an African not having so more than one wife. Understanding this, that leads me to believe that the Europeans, when they came back to conquer Africa, they brought this idea of monogamy with their with their religion, with Christianity. They brought it. They said, "All right, boom, no, only one wife," and they sold that to us and. They sold it to the world. Well, of course, you know, even now to this day, this is why this is why the laws are the way they are now. You know, the family mm-hmm. laws, but again, with welfare reform and right. child support, and because there's no way in hell that a black man wrote these laws. No way. I mean, <laughs> okay, if you want to divorce if, laws, look, look, it's outrageous. Hold on, let me say this. Let know. me say this. Let's just let's just forget about what we believe. Let's let's forget about what we've been taught. Let's okay. forget about everything you learned in school. Everything that you. You learn. Let's just look at the world. Just let's look at life in and of itself. Look at trees, right? Look at the animals. What do we all have in common? The trees, the animals, the humans. What do we all have in common? We're all all human. We're all living beings. We're all living. So we have that in common. What else? What else do we do in common? We breathe. Inhale, exhale? Inhale, yeah. Okay, yeah. You said breed or breathe? Breathe. I thought oh. you said breed, like breed. Like breathe. Yeah, I say breed. We, right. breathe. we all, we all, we I, I all, say breathe. So we all reproduce yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. We all reproduce. So before you get into your ideologies, well, I believe this, I believe that, what do we all, we all have in common? We all reproduce. reproduce. So That's at right. the end of the day, the, at the base of existence, what is important for the base of existence is reproduction. Trees uh, bear fruits. Apple tree grows. The fruit falls to the ground. It breaks apart. The fleet, the seed. Is sown into the ground and another tree. Animals reproduction. So bugs at the base day. at everything reproduces. So at the base of li- the at the base of life is reproduction. Be- before you get into what's important to you, what do you like? What do you love? What do you what are you here for? You're here to reproduce, reproduce. right? So just take that idea. Now, the only way reproduction happens from a human or animal point of view is if the male implants his seed into more than one female, right? Because if, if a woman had more than one husbands, she could still only produce one child, one child at, a time. at a time. But if the, if, the, if the base of existence is reproduction, then monogamy makes sense because the only way for us to make sure that humanity or any other life on this earth maintains its existence is to make sure that that male 
implants its seed into more than one. So you mean polygamy makes sense, not monogamy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep saying monogamy. Right? <laughs> I know what you mean. Though. Right. <laughs> right. So, so from that point of view, I'm like, yo, monogamy, polygamy is not bad. If we, if we all held true to monogamy, the world might disappear. I, I think that monogamy is false. It's, it's, it's like it's forced upon a man. To, to be to be honest, it's like to be yeah to be right to be monogamous yeah, it's, because it's, it's definitely forced on me. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, because listen, just like because just like you said, medically, right? You know, when it comes to medically, us as men, we produce sperm on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and look at that. And God and God made us that way. <laughs> so that's what I mean when, say, look, look. The, when it comes to monogamy. It's like listen, and it's and it's not healthy. As far as your um, that, that what is it we talk about all the time? Not the um, not the pancreas, but the prostate mm-hmm. is it's a healthy thing <laughs> if it to, continues to if it continues to let you know, go to seat, let boy, go to oh seat boy. on a daily basis. See Motherfuckers that? gonna be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I, I told my girl, <laughs> and, I, and I told my girl, it's a healthy thing to do it. It's a yeah. healthy thing. Where, where's think he slick? He kept saying monogamy, baby. Listen, I was, I, <laughs> he, he, he made me say polygamy. I was, I, I was saying, I was saying monogamy. Yeah, right. Yeah. We all got a secret. Right. We all got a secret, yo. But the thing is, bottom line, is that I remember I, I, I told my girl, I said, listen, you know, sex is a healthy thing every day. And the studies show you are supposed to do it, at, you know, it's a healthy thing for you to do it every day. You sleep better, you perform better, you know, and it's good. And, and and Look. it's good for your body in the long run. <laughs> My father is you know? 72 years old, 16 kids, and my youngest brother's about seven. Still moving. God bless your father. <laughs> so, yo, I'm an embarrassment to my father. I, I say it on the air, Dad, I apologize. <laughs> apologize, I haven't followed it. I haven't walked in your steps. You, you still living, bro. <laughs> I know, I still got time. Right? <laughs> still got time. Yeah, you still got time. I mean, because a, a man can, no matter what, a man can do it all his life. Exactly. As long as now, it gets man, hard. Like nature is telling you, nature is showing you, even by that. Like a woman, her, her, her clock runs is running out. Right, but it I runs mean, out. it runs out. But I mean, nowadays it runs out later because Janet Jackson's about to have a baby and she's 50 years old. She is? Yeah. Shit. Where? She, 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 I mean, she got money. It's, 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 she, yeah. she maneuvered that. Yep. She maneuvered Regular that. Regular folks can't do that. And then the, the baby would come out. Nah, I to, mean, I'm sure she got enough money to monitor. And do what? Do what? Yeah, yeah. she's a yeah. she's a jack. Yeah, you can't. Comp- but <laughs> let one of these MTA Janet. let one of these MTA girls at fifty try to get pregnant. Try to get pregnant, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, man. But basically, it's like you know, just like you you know, medically, we're not meant to <clears throat> hold it. Bottom line, we're not supposed to hold it in, right? Because oh, it shows. Day. It show even like with hyper teenagers. What the parents say, boy, you better go get you some, boy. You acting a little bit too wild around yeah. here. My mother go never bu- said that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but mine ain't never said you better that. Go, better go bust a nut. Exactly, you know. So, you know, but yeah, back back to the question. I mean, you know, so, look, because, you know, we live in a world full of beliefs. We all make decisions based on what we're taught to believe. Mm-hmm. So because we're taught to believe that monogamy is the way to go you know you gotta play by the you gotta seemingly play by the rules 
Whose rules? <laughs> the rules of your household. <laughs> the rules of your household. Or, or, she, or, or, or what she going to do is force you to play by the white man rules when she go down to child support. There Pretty much. There it is. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> she go to child support, divorce court. Divorce court, And, and yeah. all that other stuff. And, and that's, that's just amazing to me how, I mean, throughout history, the white man has used the black woman to control the black man. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and, and this is throughout <clears throat> history. For sure. Throughout his, think about it. When we get dressed, that whole we, welfare system is an example of that. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. We're gonna talk about. Oh yeah, that, yeah, definitely. yeah. I mean, yeah. we could talk about the welfare system. Um, who, um, you know, it was basically designed because they didn't want to compete with us for jobs after after the Civil Rights Act. Right. So they would they what they do they design these things and they put into put it into play. It's not new. They ain't come up with it yesterday, and then it's it's activated. You know what I'm saying? Right. So what they do is just like with the welfare, they ain't want they didn't want to compete with us with jobs. Right. right. So they wanted they always brung to this country. They ain't keep the families together. It was always to break apart the family because they know how important family is. Family mm-hmm. is very important. Mm-hmm. That's why they tried to keep us apart. So you go, you got welfare, you got welfare reform or, or, or the welfare system. They put these black women, hey, look, you ain't gotta work, you ain't gotta work. We go pay you this money to stay home. It was accepted. They accepted it. What happened next? Oh, you getting this assistance, you can't have this man in the house with you. They used to actually have police forces. The inspectors would come in. Police forces to make sure no man was there. What movie is that, cuz? Just just like in the movie uh, Claudine. That came out back then during that time in in, in the mid seventies during that administration when welfare reform was passed. Mm. It was a movie starring Diane Carroll and her six kids. She was a woman on welfare that lived up in Harlem, and James Earl Jones was a sanitation worker for the city of New York. And of course, you know, a sanitation worker has money. So basically, when the when the inspector used to come around in the movie, when the inspector used to come around to the house to see. You know, just to make sure that everything was on the up and up. Right. She had to hide the toaster. Oh, she yeah. had to hide the I ironing board. <laughs> she had to hide the iron. Yeah. She you know, all you know. She all, couldn't show that she was. She, she had any she any was, amenities. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you talking about necessary amenities? Right. Like you had. You, she had to hide that stuff. Yeah. So basically, that's you know that movie told the story. Yep. Of the whole welfare reform yeah. and when it started yeah. and everything. You and know? then you you look at what they did. After they dispatched the police forces to make sure these men wasn't in the house, now they tapping her again. Look, he's not around. <laughs> After you done chased him away, you made you made you made him go away. Hey, he's not around. You need he's working. You need to go get some support. Some child support. Yeah. Then child support came. Mm-hmm. And then who made child support what it is today? Clinton. Clinton. <laughs> Clinton made child support what it is today, where it's a debt that you could go to jail for. That's right. Lose your license for. Lose all your licenses, yeah. <laughs> and and now if you and now nine times out of ten, if you have a license, a driver's license, a securities license, a, a, any a, professional a, a, license, right? Any professional license Yo, that you need support. that you need to make money to 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 pay your debt. What kind of crap is that? Let me you show know? you something. Child support scares me. <clears throat> of course, it's child scary. support. Scares. That's that's part of the reason why I'm not like my father. <laughs> <laughs> right. But see, they was able to do that in that generation. So real. power to, power to your father. For real. I mean, it, it, was, it was definitely the good old days. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, I know stories of, of people who uh, got there because of uh, lack of child support payment. Their bank account was shut down. Matter of fact, it was in uh, negative 
they were had negative debt, negative uh, in their account. Their driver's license was suspended. So imagine, you suspend my license for non-payment. You take whatever money I had in my account out for non-payment. How do I get to work? I can't drive to work. I can't get on a train because you took my money. How do I pay back what I owe if you seize my whole life? Seize your whole life, but, but exactly. That, but but that's, that's, the, that's the end result is to keep the black man down. And what the, what the black woman has to understand is that it starts with her. It starts with her. Like yeah. these people, this is, this is the amazing part. <clears throat> these people create these problems for us and then we invite them into our house, police officers, social workers, these judges. We invite them into our house. It's I mean, our, it's our home. Look, I'm, I don't want to make I don't want to make excuses for or say that I'm feel like I don't, don't want to say that I'm supporting supporting men who not abandon their children. Yeah, not at all. I'm definitely not <clears throat> down with that program no. at all. However, <clears throat> I feel like there still should be some sort of of checks and balances. Yes, thank you for that. Checks and balances to create a system that doesn't penalize the working because yo, living in this in, in I don't know about the rest of America, but I'm going to say New York. This is not an easy life. This is not an easy life. It is not easy to make the ends meet. You know, it's it's you know, the rents are high. You have uh, you know, look, you you can get a ticket without even seeing a cop nowadays. <laughs> Basically. You know what I'm saying? You you mess around going to bus lane, that's a ticket. Mm-hmm. You go through the yellow light, that's a ticket. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and so the point that I'm trying to make is that the cost of living is even more than what we calculate in this country. So there has to be some checks and balances because you 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 debilit- you can debilitate a whole family on a law. Sometimes I feel like the law supersedes humanity. Yeah, I, I think there needs to be checks and balances as far as to see what the money is being spent on. And I also think they need to. This, there has to be some sort of since we have such a stringent, strict rather child support system, that there needs to be some sort of kind of agreement going into pregnancy between the man and the woman. A pregnancy prenup. A pregnancy prenup. Like, I should have the right to say, you know what? Because it's a woman's right to choose, right? Well, you know what they're going to say. Don't put it in me then. Nah, come on. That's, come on. I'm trying to stay healthy. I know. We just, exactly. we, We're trying to stay healthy. We right, just explained exactly. that the more nuts I bust, the more healthy my prostate is. So, of course. So, look, at some point, we need to be able to say, all right. Because there are cases where, you know, people wear condoms. You know, I remember, look, condoms used to bust all the time on me. I had that experience myself. So in the event that I protected myself and, and unfortunately, you know, the protection isn't 100%, I feel like there, there has to be that conversation. There has to be that communication between this man and this woman where we say, look, I am not ready for a child. A child should be an agreement right. between two consenting adults. We come together. We have a conversation. Look. I'm not ready for a kid. So in the event of you getting pregnant, I know that it is your right to choose. So please understand that if you decide to choose to maintain the pregnancy, then I would like to absolve my responsibility because I'm not ready. 
I feel like that's an important conversation. And, 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 and if that happens, I feel like we'll have more healthy families because people will get into this knowing and ready for, you know. Well, you know, I, you know, I personally think, number one, that, um, it, again, you know, you know, with this being a capitalistic country, you know, I just find it immoral that when it comes to divorce, you can get married in the eyes of God at mm-hmm. a church or even at a justice of the peace, you know, Mayor de Blasio or whoever, right? Mm-hmm. But now, when it comes time to get a divorce, why can't you do the same thing? Why can't it be a ritual ceremony to get divorced? You have to go, you have to go get $20,000 to go pay an attorney, mm-hmm. and you have court fees and all this stuff that you got to pay in a d- 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 um, child support decree. And then there's and all the money. All of, exactly. So now, <laughs> not, not alimony. Not alimony, all the money. right. All the money. All the money. <laughs> and then they were trying to have something called palimony. Oh, and like palimony. palimony, where you 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 tell a girl you don't give her no engagement ring or nothing yet, but you make it a you you want to marry her in the future. Wow. <laughs> a girl tried to sue a dude for palimony. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Seriously? Yeah, Google it. Yeah. Now, and, now Wikipedia. When we say Google, we mean resource. Exactly. <laughs> Real yeah, yeah. sources. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then they want half, like how Eddie Murphy said it. You know. Yeah. But then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then also. With, when it comes to child support now, those laws are so stringent. I know guys have told me that. Sound like he's talking from experience. Yeah. I said. <laughs> These are guys, I know guys have told me they were paying child support by default and the kid wasn't even there. Oh, they had this in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, yeah that would happen in that Chica- case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago. The kid wasn't hit. His name was on, on the birth certificate. Cause he thought it was his, and they right. come to find out it wasn't his. Yo, it you was, better off not signing the birth certificate till you get a DNA test. Right, shit's great. Yeah, once the but you know, cause that that's actually a, a old law, because back in uh, you know my grandmother's days, I remember oh they were telling she was telling me the story that, uh, no, actually she wasn't. My aunt was telling me the story that um, whoever is the whoever you're married to, so in, in terms of the father, the woman is pregnant, whoever she's married to in those days, that was the child's father, whether she had an affair or not. That's the last name that the kid is getting because they're married. So I, I guess that, that whole concept stems from these old laws, I'm assuming. Yeah, I guess. You know, but, you know, but basically, you know, child support, another thing is that should be some type of litigation. Yeah. In the court, because guess what? That would turn off people from flying down there and running down there, you know. Uh, because when it comes to litigation, it costs money. I you think. Know? I think also women women would think twice about the man that they choose. You know, if if they knew going in that look, um, he doesn't want kids, and he since if you know there was a law that said, look, he's he made it clear to me that he doesn't want any kids. They would think twice about, you know, maybe even being in this relationship with this man or even, uh, you know, having kids. Because let's be honest, we have a lot of kids. You know, I'm a teacher, so I see a lot of kids who are neglected, a lot of kids who who don't have two, fa- two family, two uh, parents in their lives, lives. And it's obviously because, in my opinion, that folks are not ready to have kids. Kids happen as a result of what we think we're ready for, which is sex. Right. You know what I'm saying? So as a result of me feeling like I'm ready for sex, here comes the child. When we're not ready, we're not ready to have children. Yeah. So, you know, if that conversation, there's a couple of things that I think could, 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 uh, 
really help um, absolve issues of, of, of parenting and child support. You know, if things like having uh, people take parenting classes yeah. prior to giving birth, you know, this is where you want to make money, find someone for not having a parenting license. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like, because, yeah. and, and it should be free. You, t- you sit this course about what's expected to become a parent, boom, you get your degree, you get your license. You don't come, we find you. That's something that will benefit the community. You laughing, right? <laughs> I agree. Well, look, we we running out of time, right? Yes, bro. I want you. I want you to leave the people with a final word. <laughs> just just sum sum up the conversation. You know, we look, we started with education, and we just you know we went we went through everything. We evolved I mean, through a lot of times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we sure did. Look, I, good as man. Here's what I say. Here's what I say. Be mindful of what be you know in life. This is this is my. I, I'm no guru. I'm no expert. I'm just a man that is walking this walk of life. And what I've learned, what have helped me throughout throughout the throughout my years, is being aware of belief systems and those belief systems that's being thrown on me, right? And and realizing that just because someone makes it seem like this is what is right doesn't mean that it's actually right. Test it. Test someone's belief. And then make a, deci- make a calculated decision based on where you want to be. So I don't do things. I try not to do things with everyone else, whatever, as everyone else is doing. You know, I try to look at a situation and assess, is that for me? So I believe in monog- uh, polygamy. polygamy. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm not practicing polygamy <laughs> at the moment because <laughs> I'm on DTF radio <laughs> progressive action <laughs> progressive action right yeah. so I'm not practicing but you know at the end of the day I, I don't I definitely don't look down on on, on uh, uh, polygamous I, actually I feel that there's something about them that you know is to be respected because they're able to go against the grain and do what they believe I feel like we become a truly diverse society when we're able to accept people of all beliefs. You know what I mean? In terms of politics, I vote not to vote, bro. I'm abstaining from voting because just because they say to vote doesn't mean you should. And also, your vote doesn't count. In education. Right. Your vote doesn't count. And uh, for education, I believe that... um, you know, scholastic education is important depending on what you want to do with yourself. If you want to be a doctor, uh, you want to learn some something uh, in in that that will save lives. I think it's important to go to school for that. Okay. You know. Now, now we gonna leave the people with a <clears throat> word. We just gonna let them hear something, and then we just go we just go get off the air because y'all y'all really think that progressive action is a joke. <laughs> 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 y'all think that we a joke. And we ain't coming with the heat. I, I just want y'all. To, I just want y'all. To, I'm, I'm gonna see if it's even gonna work. But I'm, I'm gonna let y'all listen to see what's going on. Listen out for me now, because we're gonna drop some serious knowledge on progressive action, because it's time for us to rise up and take care of business.
Let me bring that back. So y'all know what time it is. That's right. Charles Barron will be Shit. Y'all should have started with that one. <laughs> <laughs> he will be on Progressive Action Radio. We'll let y'all know the date. But, you know, um, thanks for tuning in. Jamel, what you got to say? Like I said, uh, I'm excited about the Simleman <laughs> Barron coming, you know? <laughs> nice. I'm excited about it because that's definitely, uh, that's definitely, you somebody that's going to drop some knowledge. You're talking about a former Black Panther. Mm-hmm. You're talking about somebody who supported us in the strike mm-hmm. and our struggles. You're talking about somebody who's basically in, you know, as a, se- you know, as a technically as a senior citizen is still leading the fight and the struggles from going, the, going against the grain. Going against the grain, that's right. From an elected, um, you know, as an elected official, you know, from that angle. So basically, that's somebody that I can't wait to sit here and be in the presence of, yeah. you know, right here on Progressive Action. So you know? he will be on the show. I know y'all trying to figure. See, I, the thing is that, you know, I'm battling with all these guys in these groups, and they went to all these rallies, and they here, they there. Where are y'all? Because I'm everywhere now. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm speaking with politicians. You know what I'm saying? I'm speaking with lawyers. I mean, I'm with the real activists. I don't see y'all. It's real. So it ain't, it ain't no more playtime. Don't think that we around here uh, twiddling in our thumbs and, and, and doing nothing. I think, I think there's a lot of folks, you know, this is what I get. A lot of folks waiting on the sidelines to see what you guys going to do. We did it already. They trying to see. They, yeah, they, they looking for your consistency, though. Yeah, I mean, they, they can They're see. looking for your consistency. We're going to give them the numbers. Oh, yeah. We're going to give you, yeah, because I'm, I'm consistent and I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. Anybody can tell you. It knows me. So basically, um, no, you know, progressive action is, 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 is here. All y'all got to do is stay here. Oh, we ain't going nowhere. Just fact, me. And, and no, we are, don't forget, we on BCAT, um, you know, every third Saturday of the month, which, nice. which, which is about to get upgraded to possibly uh, two times a month. We just working on a few things. But look, we here. Charles Barron will be on the show. We will let y'all know the date. And, you know, that's the show today. Thanks, our guest, Mo, for coming through. Thanks yeah, a lot, bro. Man. I'm nobody, and I'm everybody. At the same time. <laughs> look at that. And I'm, Jam- and I'm Jamel Wilson, the co-host. Yeah. Who will be sleeping on the couch tonight? That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll be in my car. <laughs> all right. We out of here, people. Thanks for tuning in. It was a great show. Peace.